You're listening to a True Name Theatre production. Humane by Polly Creed. Episode 5. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing. Okay. <laughs> right. Thank you all for coming. Today marks six months since the protests began and since Brightling Sea Against Live Exports was set up. I think I can honestly say none of us thought it would come to this. We might just be a group of grannies and granddads, mums with pushchairs and school kids, but we've been out every single day for 180 days. Wind, sun or rain. We've been arrested, we've been mocked, we've been shoved around. But you know what? We haven't given up. We're still here fighting. So here's to all of you and here's to Brightling Sea. Brightling Sea! Brightling Sea! Good speech, Alice. Yes, very rousing, as they say. <laughs> Always easier when you've had a drink, isn't it? But hang on, let me pour you another. A good turnout, isn't there, Alice? Looks like half the town's here. Hopefully. We should put a few bob in the coffers. Yeah, it's great. We'll be able to get some paints and art equipment to make some banners for the next children's march. Oh, yeah. So you said you was doing a workshop. Do you think Lewis is too little? Well, he can certainly do some hand painting or something. I love that. <laughs> Get them started young, eh? <laughs> oh, God. They haven't got the karaoke out, have they? Oh, no. Somebody's got to stop him. Well, why don't you have a go, then? Uh, no, I can I'd be too shy. Too shy? <laughs> You're not too shy for anything, Linda. Go on, sweetheart. Oh, well, only if somebody else does it with me. Oh, don't look at me. I'm not getting up there. Not at my age. Nobody wants to see that, I tell you. Alice? Please. All right, go on then. But only if we do something I know, all right? Do the Copacabana! (laughs) We love you, Linda! (laughs) Thank you, Ralph and Beryl. Oh, this one goes out to all the Brightling Sea Girls. There is a house in New Orleans They call the rising sun (laughs) And it's been the ruin of many a poor boy And God, I know I'm one Hey, Linda, it's Alice. I just got in and Michael's not here. I phoned his college and they said he didn't turn up this morning and I know some kids do this stuff all the time, but this isn't like Michael. It's late. 
I can't go out and look for him in case he rings here and there's nobody to answer. I need someone to stay right here in case he tries to ring. Linda, please, can you give me a ring straight back when you get this, please? I wait in Alice's front room for hours. Lewis to sleep on the sofa. I have the news on silently in the background, but I can't bear to look at it in case I see something. But I have it on anyway. Oh, please, Daddy, please let her find him soon. He's got to be okay. I bet he's just bunked off. Got drunk in the park. Or let her find him with some girl. A bottle of WKD in his hand. Please, Danny, please, please. She's got to find him soon. <laughs> She's got to. Hello, McDonald residence. Linda, it's me. I'll have to be quick because I've only got 50p and it's going to run out. Has he called? Oh, no, no, he hasn't. I'm sure he will soon, though. The moment he does, come and find me, all right? Don't worry, I will. Are you still out looking? Yeah, just been at his mate Jake's house and now I'm down in the park. No sign, though. When do you reckon you'll call the police? I've already tried. They said they're going to wait six more hours, though. They think he's just another teenager staying out late. Oh, God. They don't know what he's like. Michael would never stay out late like this, not telling me where he is. Oh, God, Linda. What if something terrible has happened? Uh, I'm sure... I'm sure he'll turn up. I know, I know. Just being silly. But your mind just goes to these terrible places. He thinks he's invincible. He doesn't understand what the world's like. He doesn't know how dangerous it is. He doesn't know what we all knew living up in London. I should have warned him more. I wanted him to feel safe, to be happy. Alice, please stop blaming yourself. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure he's just out with his mates or something. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I shouldn't have gone out this evening. I've been distracted with all the protests and everything. I, I know he's been having problems, but I've had my eye off the ball. Listen to me, Alice. You're not going to find him in this state. I think you should come back here for a bit and try and get some sleep. Then he'll probably come home off his own back anyway. Alice. Alice, are you there? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I thought I saw something. Hang on. For a moment, I thought I saw him. Are you going to come back? I'm just going to try the station and I'll come back. Alice, you're in a state. You can't be out looking for him like this. I'm just going to try this one last place and then I'll come back. I promise. OK. Well, I'll be here waiting, all right? Any news? Yes, any news and I'll come and find you. But, Alice, have you tried...? Every time I hear anything, a police car or something, I panic and then it turns out to be nothing. I wait for an hour longer for news... But there's nothing. I think about going to find Alice, but then what if I leave and Michael rings? I feel trapped just waiting. I feel powerless. Then, just after 3am, the phone rings. My stomach goes all funny. I feel proper dread in my tummy as I walk over to pick it up. Hello? It's me. Any news? Yeah, it's OK. We found him. You can go to bed now, Linda.
you want, Mum? I'm all right, thanks. Trying to quit. I shouldn't either. I meant to have quit, but all of this. How is he? Seems better. He's talking now, anyway. Said he was trying to get a train to London. God, he was in such a state. You should have seen him, Linda. His little backpack on his back, his eyes all red and puffy from crying. God, I was just sick. Sick with worrying. I had this fear in my chest, this weight. I was so sure something terrible had happened. I could see these images flashing in my head of Michael. He's so young, 17. I just kept imagining him bleeding, crying for me. Alice, he's so sure. He thinks he knows the world, but he doesn't. He doesn't think anyone would ever want to hurt him. He has this sort of naivety still. I don't know how I'm going to get through to him. Did he say why you did it? He admitted being bullied in college. With a group of kids making his life hell, calling him names, scratching racist things into his locker. There was a rumour going around that they were going to try and hurt him. They wanted to fight him that day after school, little pricks. Why can't school do anything? I've been trying to get the college to give me their names. I'm being useless, though. Keep suggesting that Michael was overreacting. What, could he move to another school or college or something? Doesn't want to. Doesn't want a fuss. Keep saying it was just a blip. I'm sorry, but trying to run away to London is no blip. That's a cry for help. I just don't know what to do about him, Linda. He's just so unhappy. It's so easy when they're little. You can feed them when they're hungry, organise play dates. Then they reach this age and you're just so helpless. I know. It's hard, but you've got to keep reminding yourself that you are a great mum. Michael is kind and sensitive and clever. You've done such a great job with him, and this stuff happens. It's part of growing up, learning how to look after yourself. I suppose. I sometimes wonder if it's my fault, though, for bringing him here. Moving away from London. Of course he feels vulnerable here. And I've been so distracted lately with all the protests... Maybe I should just cut back for a bit. Alice, you can't do that. It's not your fault. If anything, it's more important than ever to show Michael that, that he has a strong, passionate mum. Or that you can't let bullies win. I suppose you're right. Yes, I am. As for Brightling Sea, you have a real community here. Everyone loves you. You're basically the most popular teacher at that school. You should hear how everyone talks about you when you're not there. They idolise you. Think you're the best thing that's ever happened to this place. Sometimes, though, I don't know how much more of myself I have to give. You have been listening to Humane by Polly Creed. Alice was played by Marsha Leckie. Linda, Francesca Isherwood. Bev, Louise Jameson, Michael, Esmond Cole, Beryl, Margaret Ashley, M, Rose Reed, Mark, Luke Barton, Ralph, Graham Seed. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Sound design by David Rucroft. Music by Ting Ying Dong. Director, Imogen Wyatt Corner. Producer, 
John Ainsworth. This audio production of Humane is dedicated to the memory of Betty Blower.